Hello and welcome. My name is Mason and this is Mace on Loki, episode three, which is titled Lamentis. And this episode brings us to the halfway point in the first season of Loki and brings with it a big reveal. Uh, and it also gives us a little bit more on who this female variant of Loki is, as well as more on uh, Loki's backstory as well. So we get a lot of great conversations in this episode, a lot of great action in this episode, and like I said before, a pretty big reveal. Uh, so there's a lot going for this episode, even though it is about 10 minutes shorter than the previous two episodes, uh, it does pack a lot into the 40-ish minutes that we have. So I'm not going to spoil anything up front. I will give a spoiler warning before I dive too deep into the details, uh, but I did want to give my overall thoughts on the episode up front. So this episode, like I said, it was more action heavy, but there is a lot of conversation. There's a lot of great dialogue. Um, there's a lot of great character moments between Loki and the female variant. Um, and, you know, we, uh, yeah, we see them going uh, on an adventure where they are kind of forced to team up together, uh, even though they have kind of different goals, as we saw in the previous episode. They're not exactly in line with their purposes, uh, but Loki, at the end of the previous episode, did follow the female variant through the time door, uh, and so uh, they are together in this episode. Uh, as you can see in the thumbnail on Disney+, Plus, you see them together, so that's not really a big spoiler. Um, and yeah, they, they have to work together uh, to accomplish something. So uh, yeah, they, we spend pretty much this entire episode with the two of them, uh, with the exception of maybe the first few minutes of the episode. Um, so like I said, a, a lot of great back and forth between them. Uh, it was interesting to get a little bit more of Loki's history, talking about his life on Asgard, talking about uh, his relationship with his mother uh, and things like that. So uh, it's always great to get more depth to these characters. So I like the way that they balanced action with incredible special effects. Like, I guess probably the reason that this episode was shorter, I'm guessing, uh, would be due to budget uh, because they definitely put a lot of money into the look of this episode uh, with some incredible physical sets as well as some um, stunning uh, visual effects um, which I can't really talk about without spoiling anything. So, uh, but it is a visually beautiful episode, uh, to be sure. The action's great, um, and yeah. So I think that this episode, um, again, going back to the first episode of Loki, you know, I still feel like it was such a strong start to this series um, that for me it's still hard to top, but I, I don't think episode two or three have been worse than episode one, I would say they're all on pretty even ground. Uh, so this this series as a whole continues to be strong week to week, at least as far as these first three weeks are concerned. Uh, and I have no doubt that this the, the back half of this season uh, will continue to be just as solid uh, as the first half. So uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of as much as I can say uh, without spoiling anything from this episode. So it's really hard not to spoil things. Uh, so I'm going to give that spoiler warning now uh, and talk about some specifics from this episode, hopefully in less time than I spent last week. I, it, it should be less time because there there isn't a lot, there isn't much new theorizing to dive into, uh, whereas last week I had a lot of questions, a lot of theories. Some of those questions are still unanswered, 
Uh, some of those theories may have been disproven. Uh, some of them may, may have, have been proven. But anyway, final spoiler warning uh, before I get into it. But I guess the biggest thing from this episode, which I talked about it last week a little bit, which is I started to question whether the TVA was real and whether the timekeepers were real or if it's all been some kind of construct. And, you know, leading into this episode, even in the the final kind of couple hours before, as I was kind of processing episode two again, I was wondering if like, you know, in WandaVision, Wanda creates this very elaborate um, situation in Westview, um, you know, where people think that they're in one reality when in fact they're in a different reality Everything's kind of a facade. And I was wondering if that would be a reveal with the TVA. Would this all be revealed as some kind of construct uh, that someone more powerful has created? And I think that in this episode, we lean in that direction. It doesn't mean that necessarily the TVA is a construct. I think it is a physical place somewhere in some pocket of reality. Um, But it turns out that Uh, It is not exactly what has been described to us, especially in relation to uh, the TVA employees. Um, So we find out that towards the end of this episode, uh, the female variant who is revealed uh, her name to be Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie is talking about talking to Loki about uh, about the TVA. Um, and she's talking about how she went into the mind of that agent. I believe it was C20 uh, was the name of the uh, minute, minute woman, I guess, that, that she uh, kind of – we saw at the end of the previous episode her mind had been a little bit scrambled. She was freaked out. She gave away the location of the timekeepers, which uh, – Kind of not a super secret place uh, within the TVA, it turns out. But I'll get I'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyway, she's talking about how she enchanted her and had to go back a couple hundred years uh, in her memory to a time before she uh, fought with the TVA, and it's revealed that she it was in fact a variant uh, and was not created by the timekeepers. Uh, was the TVA employees are not all just created beings in this reality, but at least some of them are variants uh, that have apparently been mind wiped. I think when the first episode talks about Loki being reset and that and other people being reset for their crimes, I think that reset is probably code for they have their memory wiped uh, and they are turned into an employee. Of the TVA, so that's what I'm guessing uh, is is what it means by resetting someone. So, but either way, uh, we we do get that reveal that uh, the TVA is not being honest um, about who they are uh, and the way in which they do things, especially in relation uh, to the Minutemen uh, and the TVA employees. So it'll be interesting to see what more is revealed about the TVA. Obviously, whoever the timekeepers are uh, up wherever that gold elevator leads, um, they are manipulating this situation again for their own purposes. So uh, we've been given, you know, from the beginning, I didn't really trust the TVA, didn't really trust Miss Minutes. I still 
I'm like, I don't, I still don't want to get on the bad side of Miss Minutes. Obviously, she's some kind of AI uh, program, uh, but there could be a very real presence behind her uh, that could be very dangerous. Uh, you know, Tara Strong was who does the voice of Miss Minutes was revealing in an interview that there's still a lot more to learn about that character. So uh, we'll see what else we get there. But obviously, the TVA uh, is shady. It's suspect. So yeah, we'll we'll see what else we get revealed there. But it leads to the question: If all of them are variants, who are they variants of? Are we going to get reveals uh, kind of in the same way that we get some people being revealed as scrolls? Uh, are we going to get reveals of who these employees are variants of? Who's Mobius a variant of? Is Renslayer a variant or is she in on the scheme? Uh, I think that is to be determined. So, yeah, like I said, um, there are some questions, uh, but I think that some of the theorizing before was correct. And it turns out that Sylvie pretty much does want to take down the timekeepers. Uh, I think she wants to restore something that she lost, I would guess. Uh, when her timeline was eliminated, uh, would be my guess. Or she she just was someone who uh, understood or became aware that the TVA was some kind of construct, that everyone was a variant, uh, and she's been fighting for the freedom of all of the variants who work for the TVA. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what her overall mission is. Uh, but she definitely has, you know, she's been, this this plan is years in the making, she says, so... Yeah, we don't get the full plan, and we don't even get the full story on who she is other than uh, she decided not to be a Loki anymore. She decided to be Sylvie um, and does not like to be called Loki. Uh, We find out that she, um, different from our Loki, she has uh, an awareness. She had an awareness that she was adopted, Um, so she knew... From early on in her life uh, that she was a frost giant, that she was adopted, uh, and that kind of changed her trajectory. Um, and yeah, so that's an interesting tidbit of information. Um, but we, like I said, we get some great conversations between her and Loki. Loki talking a lot about how he learned his magic, trying to discover how she learned her magic. She claims that she's self-taught. She talks about enchantment, Uh, which again goes back to the idea of her character being a take on Enchantress. Um, But, you know, I've been reading online, and I would have to agree that I think she's probably a blending, the way that Marvel sometimes does, a blending of a couple different characters from the comics. So something, uh, a blending of a Lady Loki with characteristics of Enchantress, I think is who Sylvie is. So I don't think we're going to get any crazy comic level reveal uh, that she was a rando uh, that was possessed by the spirit of Loki uh, or given magic, like messed with um, by Loki giving her magic powers. It seems that she did grow up on Asgard or, you know, in that world. Uh, She was adopted. She knows her heritage. um, So she's definitely a variant of Loki, um, but maybe not the exactly the lady loki from the comics and not exactly enchantress from the comics uh but like i said a blending of the two Uh, so that was an interesting reveal as well uh but this episode picks up um you know it shows how she goes inside the mind of of c20 um 
you know, we didn't see how that happened last week, but they showed it at the beginning of this episode, and we see her, um, you know, after she's gotten the information she needs, um, she's able to go through that time door. Uh, Loki follows her. She fights through the TVA with some great action. You know, I complained about the action uh, in the second episode, but I feel like the action in this episode was a lot tighter. The fight choreography seemed a lot better to me overall, so I definitely enjoyed the action more in this episode. And like I said, we see that as she get fights through, like, she asks C20, like, how to find the timekeepers. Like, how does she know which elevator it is? And, and, and the, uh, the agent says, it's gold. So look for the gold elevator. And again, a gold elevator leading up to somewhere, it definitely, again, gives me kind of a Wizard of Oz situation, man behind the curtain, where it's like, these mythical timekeepers are in this place within the, the TVA realm that nobody can get access to. And they've presented this image of these grand timekeepers. But I think it's, it's going to be something like a Mandarin reveal. Not on the level of like, oh, it's just an actor <laughs> playing the Mandarin, which a lot of people were upset with in Iron Man 3. Um, but I think we are going to get that reveal like um, the timekeepers are not who they've presented themselves to be. And there is an agenda, and it is evil, uh, and it is on the scale of, like, the evil empire from Star Wars uh, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to see where all this goes. But I was surprised that, like, the elevator to where the timekeepers are was, like, not super hard to get to. So she made it seem like, oh, that like, there's some way, uh, some secret way to get to the timekeepers. Like, no, you just go to the gold elevator. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so it would make sense how Renslayer is able to communicate with the timekeepers regularly um, and has access to them that maybe not everybody else has, even though certain people might be aware um, of where the elevator is to get to them. So I guess that makes sense because my question last week was like, how would just a random agent um, have that high level information? But it seems like I guess it would kind of be common knowledge um, around the TVA that that specific elevator leads to the timekeepers. So interesting, interesting that they went with a gold elevator. Um, I think that we will get in that gold elevator and go up to the timekeepers uh, maybe in the fifth or sixth episode, the penultimate or finale. I think we will see where that elevator leads. Um, but I think next week we're going to have some things to deal with in the fact that um, you know, in the process of getting away from the TVA, Loki takes them because she's been hiding in different apocalyptic places. Um, he transports them to one of those pre-programmed apocalyptic destinations that she's been hiding in. Ends up taking her to Lamentis, which is a moon um, that has a planet about to crash into it. It's not a planet with a moon crashing into it. It is a moon with a planet crashing into it, just to be clear. Um, but Lamentis is from the comics I've found, um, and it does tie into the Guardians of the Galaxy. It ties into the Kree Empire and things like that. So it's tying into some things that we've already established. And I'm sure that as we get into things like, like the Multiversal War and the Kree Empire and things like that, I think we are going to see Lamentis more in the future of the MCU. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's basically the worst place that Loki could have taken them. And the, the goal of this episode for them 
uh, is to escape this apocalypse, uh, but they can't do that because the temp pad uh, is out of juice, uh, which was very surprising. I guess it's just like an iPhone. <laughs> right when you need it, uh, the battery's dead. So um, anyway, they have to recharge uh, this device that is meant to transport them through time and space. So it needs quite a bit of energy, I'm guessing. So they need a power source, which leads them through Lamentis. Uh, there's some great comedy. There's some back and forth where they're both trying to lead the way with their own methods. And we see the different methodology of Loki and Sylvie in the way that they approach situations. Her being a little bit more strategic and thought out. Uh, him mainly just relying on his deception um, without having much of a plan. So it leads to great comedy. Um, and, and things like that. And yeah, on, on the journey, they have a great moment where uh, they, they come to someone's home and are, you know, we see the two different approaches where Sylvie just tries to kind of force her way in and gets blasted back. And then Loki tries to deceive his way in and gets blasted back. So they're both ineffective. Uh, but they end up finding out that the train uh, is leaving toward the shuttle that will take them off of the planet. But Sylvie knows that you know, this shuttle is doomed, This that nobody makes it off of this planet, everybody dies, so they just need to make it to the train and try to find a power source for this temp pad uh, so they can transport off. But they get on this train, uh, they're not really able to keep their cover. There are some great moments with Loki singing an Asgardian song uh, with the crowd before, it's, before they get caught. Um, and, you know, they have, like I said, they have great conversations about their pasts, um, and how they differ uh, in their early lives. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, some, some interesting things like, you know, uh, they're talking about, you know, their love lives. You know, Sylvie says that she had an ongoing thing with a postman as uh, tra- she traveled through space and time. Um, you know, she asked uh, Loki about his preference. Uh, you know, he grew up as a prince. So did he have some dalliances with princesses uh, or maybe some princes? And Loki says a bit of both, uh, which, you know, does line up with the comics, uh, but an interesting reveal nonetheless. That, But at the same time, knowing Loki, it's like, yeah, I guess. I guess I could see that. You know, Loki, you know, uh, kind of an anything-goes personality. Uh, so wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised that he had dalliances with both princesses and princes, in the long life that he has led uh, thus far. So, but an interesting reveal, pretty big reveal uh, in terms of, you know, the heroes uh, and anti-heroes that we've had throughout the MCU. Uh, We've never openly had a conversation like this about where do you land uh, on the spectrum? Uh, So interesting conversation there. And uh, I'm sure it will spark a lot of conversation uh, on Twitter and the internet as well. Um, but you know, the, the, yeah, moving on from that, uh, they are caught, they are found out there's more great action, but as they're thrown out of this train, uh, the temp pad is damaged in the process. Uh, and, uh, which means that they now have to, uh, get to that doomed shuttle and Loki basically reasons, well, you know, there's never been us in this timeline. So we could maybe find a way to get that shuttle out of here before it's destroyed. Um, And that mission ultimately proves uh, to be unsuccessful 
Uh, but we do get a great, great, great one take kind of action scene as they're running through these different streets in this incredible like practical set. Um, the set design is, is incredible in this episode. The action's great. You feel the intensity. And just as they're making it through the crowd and to the gates, uh, we see a piece of the planet crash through the shuttle and the episode ends as they are now left um, stranded on this planet that is about to be destroyed. So obviously they're not going to die. <laughs> like, you know, obviously episode four is not going to end with, okay, moon gets destroyed on the fourth of six episodes and uh, Loki and Sylvie are gone. They're out. No, I, I think that, you know, in the time that they've been on this planet, I'm sure that maybe Mobius uh, or someone else has been jumping through different apocalypses, trying to find them, um, or they've found a way of tracking them. They did, they did transport from within the TVA. So I don't know if you've transported from within the TVA, if there's some kind of record of where you went. Uh, but I think that there will be a way of the TVA tracking them down uh, and appearing to bring them away uh, before disaster strikes for them. So I think there, there will be a way that they, they find their way off of this planet or off of this moon uh, before it's destroyed. So I, I, don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. But the question is, um, you know, how much of the TVA is constructed? How much of it is real? Um, what is Sylvie's plan? You know, Loki jokes in this episode like, oh, I feel like I've told you a lot about myself, but I haven't gotten much about you. And it's true uh, because, you know, Loki likes to talk. So we got a lot about Loki in this episode, some information about Sylvie's enchantment powers uh, that she taught herself, a little bit about how she knew she was adopted, but not much about the plan. Loki infers what he thinks her plan is, but she doesn't confirm or deny it. So um, again, the question is, what is Sylvie's plan? The other question is, what did the reset charges do when they went through uh, those different time doors uh, in the previous episode? What destruction is being caused? To what extent have the Minutemen been able to reduce damage how many branches went past the, the, the red line into a nexus level event? Uh, I think that in the next episode, I'm sure that we're going to open probably within the TVA with Mobius because we didn't get him really in this episode. I think that we're probably going to um, have some of this time that we spent with Loki um, and with Sylvie. I think we're going to explore that same time period probably uh, from the perspective of different characters um, at the beginning of the next episode. That's my guess. And then I think that the storylines will converge again uh, within this next episode. So we'll see. I could be totally wrong. I was totally wrong about how I thought this episode was going to go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. But um, like I said, another solid episode. Excited about the future and uh, looking forward to next week. I think that uh, it was a huge cliffhanger. The episode ends, I'm just like, oh, man, it's going to be hard to wait uh, a whole week to figure out where things go next. But anyway, uh, those are my overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, I think I hit the main points uh, about uh, Loki and Sylvie and the plan and the TVA. But if I missed anything, uh, please find me. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and chat with me there. Uh, I'm at Mason Movies. You can send me a voice message through the Anchor app. 
and things like that. So uh, please let me know. Let's talk about this episode. Love talking about these things uh, with you guys. So, yep. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Mace on Loki. Thank you so much for listening and checking it out. If it's been your first time listening, thanks for giving it a shot. Uh, And if you've been listening to each week, thanks for sticking with it. I know I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to Easter eggs and comic books, but uh, I appreciate you listening to what I have to say. So thanks so much. And uh, if you don't mind, you could subscribe, you could leave a rating, you could share it with your friends on social media and things like that. That would all be super. You could also check out the rest of the podcast feed. Uh, Lots of stuff going on there uh, for you to enjoy. So anyway, until next time, thanks again so much for listening. Take care of yourself physically and mentally. And always be kind to one another. Thanks, everybody.